When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Local Hour. We are reviewing and previewing Eastern Kentucky football, the win over Tarleton and the upcoming game against Abilene Christian. We're going to talk with EKU head coach Walt Wells, and we're also going to talk a little bit of Kentucky football coming off the big win over Florida and what's ahead against LSU. That and more, that's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Local Hour. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by IPM Pest and Termites, Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professional. If you have ants, spiders, centipedes, mice, moles, or those pesky little stink bugs, now's the time to get a hold of IPM Pest and Termite. You can find more information online at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. And when you talk with the fine folks there, make sure you let them know you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local hour. Uh, by the way, the people at IPM are great, uh, professional. They're always on time. You schedule an appointment, they're actually there when you schedule the appointment. So uh, they show up on time. They do great work, guaranteed services, uh, locally owned and operated. Make sure you reach out and uh, use the fine folks at IPM Pest and Termite. And again, please make sure you let them know you heard about them on the Sports Stove Local Hour. Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Homecoming weekend was a success as they hosted Tarleton State University, the Texans. And uh, this was the uh, Tarleton's first game in the state of Kentucky. And uh, one person said, I did not have the time to look this up and confirm this, but uh, possibly the first win by EKU over a team from Texas. So that's interesting as well. Uh, big game, an exciting game there. Uh, Eastern Kentucky wins 20-3 to in this game. And, uh, boy, it started off great. The first possession, the first play of the game, Davion Ross uh, was able to deflect the pass. On third down, Matthew Jackson and uh, Shane Burks combined for the sack, and they forced the punt. 
uh, on the first drive. Then the offense comes in for EKU, and over these first few games, the offense has really struggled with sustaining drives. There's been a lot of three and outs and things like that. Uh, but in today's game, there was only four three and outs or three, three three and outs and 13 possessions for this offense. The first drive did not put uh, put any points on the board, uh, but they had a few good plays along the way. It took them, uh, let's see here, there's one, two, three, four, their fourth drive, third drive of the game, and it was right after the field goal by Tarleton State. They go 75 yards, uh, a couple big plays, a 26-yard pass to Wilcox, and then it was capped off with a 30-yard touchdown run by Parker McKinney and, uh, and, and put a lot of excitement into the stadium. They added a field goal on their next possession, and then uh, coming up towards the end of the half, it was Joe Sales that came up big with an interception, his second of the season, that kind of stalled out Tarleton's drive, trying to get get in before half. And uh, so they go into halftime. EKU led ten to three. Second half, they come out. It, it it took a little while for the offenses to get going again. They didn't have a three and out uh, except for once in the second half, but there just wasn't a whole lot happening for them. They eventually got down and got the 48-yard field goal by Patrick Nations, his career high, by the way, or longest uh, career field goal. And so congratulations, Patrick. He gets some recognition from the ASUN Conference again this week. But uh, they continue to make some just kind of big chunk plays along the way. Um, McGlure kind of led off that, that drive that led to the field goal, 13-yard pass to Higgins, a 12-yard uh, run by McGlure on there as well. But it eventually stalled out for the field goal. But, hey, they'll take it, right? Uh, they led 13-3. to three. And then it was in the fourth quarter uh, that they continued to do great things. The defense uh, held after an interception, a pass that went right through the receiver's fingers, got picked off by Tarleton State that next drive. Um, they were able to hold. EKU defense was able to hold to a field goal attempt, and Tarleton missed the field goal. And then it was uh, – a drive later for Tarleton State that the pick six hack happened by Elijah Hairston. Uh, just a great interception, a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and he took it back. It was his second interception of the season, his first pick six of his career. Third pick six of the season for EKU, nine interceptions total on the season. Eventually, they were able to go to the victory formation and kneel the ball down. And and in those times where they were working on running out the clock, that pick six happened with 8.15 to go in the game. And um, after that, it was one one more possession for Tarleton State, and then EKU just ran the clock out the rest of the time. They started the ball at the 19. They went with an incompletion, a five-yard run, a five-yard pass, a four-yard uh, run, a five-yard run, seven-yard run, two-yard run, three-yard run, four-yard uh, pass, excuse me, run, and then it ended with a Dejuan Hewitt 11-yard run before they could finally take the knee and end the game. That's something they've not been able to do this season is kind of march, maintain, hold the ball, and run the clock. They were able to do it to perfection in this game, and uh, and so a great job there by EKU. It was a truly entertaining game. I felt like this was the best game the EKU offense has played yet. Now, it's not going to show up and the scoreboard, because the, the offense only scored one touchdown, although they did have one get called back. Parker had another great run, gets into the end zone. They called a, a crazy uh, blindside block. It was not a blindside block, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, nonetheless, they called that one back. So there was opportunities that got kind of taken back in a way. But 
I felt like the offense played its best game. 13 possessions, only three three and outs, several large chunk plays of five or six yards or more. Uh, Parker threw the ball. Parker even caught the ball. Trick play. Uh, this is the second week in a row they tried a trick play. This one was successful. And uh, McKinney catches it on the left side after pitching it behind him and uh, gets a huge gain on, on that drive. Uh, there, that one ended up uh, with the field goal, I believe. Yes, he had a 32-yard pass, but uh, and that followed a 33-yard completion to Higgins as well. So a couple of big plays on that drive. It stalled out, went to a field goal, but overall, a great game. Going into halftime, Parker McKinney, the quarterback, QB1, he led the team in passing yards, rushing yards, and receiving yards in the game at halftime. That did not maintain through the rest of the game, but uh, nonetheless, uh, a great first half by Parker and, a, and, a, and a, just a wonderful game by him all the way around the interception, not his fault. So uh, I thought it was, again, a great game. Dejuan Hewitt, second game uh, in a row, over 100 yards rushing. And so great things happen. And the defense is just playing lights out right now. They are all over the place. Um, sacks, pressures, tackles behind the line, uh, tackles for loss, interceptions, uh, again, two interceptions today or Saturday's game and uh, and whatnot from there. If you want more information on the game from last Saturday, you can find my article on bellyupsports.com. And each week we drop a new article about uh, EKU football and the game at hand. I write it throughout the game and, uh, and then kind of put in the fi- finishing touches over the weekend and get it posted each week. So make sure you, you can follow me on Twitter at Sports Stove, and I'll make sure to get it on there for you to read as well after an exciting week of homecoming now we come into another week of football and it's abilene christian that's coming into richmond for this game this weekend and we'll talk more about them in just a moment but first it's time for a guest time for a guest is presented by la terrain watches and accessories if you go to law-terrain.com uh, you can find a watch or different accessories. There's They've got lots of options there, but the watches are so stylish and sleek um, and great to have. And at checkout, if you use the code SPORTSSTOVE, one word, SPORTSSTOVE, you can get 10% off your purchase. So wonderful uh, opportunity there with La Terrain. All right, time for a guest. We are joined again by head coach of EKU football, Walt Wells. Coach Wells, thanks for being back with us. Appreciate you having me and look forward to it. I know you're uh, doing a great job of getting the word out about EKU football, UK football, and all local sports. We appreciate you very much. Well, thank you. I'll tell you, the university as a whole, Rickson and the whole staff, everybody makes it uh, as easy as possible for us to cover the team. We sure appreciate that because not not every university – or team is quite as willing to help out as you guys are. So we really do, really do thank you. I want to start off with a uh, talk about the progress this team has made from week one to right now, because there's, in my opinion, massive progress. Well, I think uh, I, I appreciate you saying that, and I think it's uh, it's something that you you want to have happen each and every week of, of your football season. Um, I don't think you're ever a finished product when you start playing football because it's not anything you can go out and simulate. Uh, you try to as much as you can with OTAs and different things like that. But the problem that comes in hand is, you know, you don't have pads on. You don't have the uh, the nutrition of in, with injuries and different things that go on. And, you know, I think that's a testament to our coaching staff. But I really think it's a testament also to our players who have bought into into what we're trying to, to do as far as our culture, but as also as far as our football 
uh, we call it FBI, football intelligence, but on offense, defense, and special teams, uh, you know, just trying to understand what their job is and then what is the tool that fixes whatever it is that breaks when it breaks, you know, because, you know, you, you call a defense or you call an offensive play or you run a special team set and you run it against what you figure out are the top three looks that you may see against that. Well, then inevitably, you know, their coaches get paid too and and they're going to have a scheme to break that. So we have to have the answers. And I think what you're seeing is some of the answers are there for us and, and our guys are, you know, our players are picking up on it and being able to uh, to use the toolbox, so to speak. We've seen this team respond after a tough loss and respond after a big win. Uh, now kind of back-to-back weeks. Uh, can you just talk about, I guess, the uh, what you like about this team and how they respond to these things so well? Well, I just, you know, we've preached since I've, uh, I've gotten here that, you know, and we've gotten into the season and, and into things, you know, starting with last year, that we don't want to look at the scoreboard. We just want to play each play like a life of its own. And I think you hear a lot of coaches talk about that. And and I think that's, to, to me, that's our core value. That's part of who we're going to be, you know, because bottom line is when you have a great play or you have a bad play, the next play is the only one that's going to fix it or continue to what, you know, continue the good things that you're doing. And so you have to have a short memory when you're playing football. You, it's not something that you can sit there and worry about getting beat on a uh, touchdown or giving up a sack or, or even when you score a big touchdown things, you know, the other team's going to come back and rally and do things against you. So our mentality is don't look at the scoreboard, play 60 minutes, and when the game's over, we'll look up and and, and know what the score is. Now, I know that's a great coach speak. You know, we always know what the score is, obviously, because that's how we got to play the game. But our, to our kids' credit, they've bought into that. They're, they're trying to play hard each and every snap, and they're trying to create value for themselves on each and every snap. And I think that's what's so important is – you know, they have to understand when they get in the game, each snap is is them. It's it's who it's their football identity. And so they can either create value or not. And and so I think as they've learned that that's how the how it goes and, and the more value they create, the more trust they create, the more ability they're going to have to play in more and more plays. And so uh, and when we get a bunch of men doing that together, then you can you can stay in these games. You can respond the way you're supposed to respond. And we talked with Matthew Jackson about it last week a little bit. And, you know, can, is that something that you can spot uh, to some degree when you're recruiting kids? Or is that something that you're not really going to know until they get in, in-house? Well, uh, their mentality? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's something you, you spot when you're recruiting them. Uh, sometimes you don't understand how the maturity process is going to happen um, because you, you try to figure out all the factors and, you know, where, where did he play football? How was he treated in football? You know, was he was he allowed to get away with everything because he was the best player? Was he not? What, you know, what what expectations were set on him, on him and why? And then as you get to know that young man and you continue to put him into situations that he needs to be into, I think you can develop it. Uh, I'm thinking everybody has the mentality that they want to win. If they don't have that mentality, then that's probably a critical you know mistake on our part for taking them. Uh, because it, it, you know, losing is not the option. And I mean, I know it's going to be sometimes, right. you know, it's, it's a reality. I don't want to say it's an option, but it's a reality sometimes. And so we have to, to make sure that we have guys that, that, you know, as some people put it, they hate to lose more than they like to win. And I think when you get men that are like minded, like that way, they're going to work 
during the week to try to get to the weekend and perform the way they need to perform. So Matt, Matt's, you know, we didn't recruit Matt. Matt was here when we got here. Uh, he had never really played before we got here. And when we moved him into the position he's in, he had a maturation process that he had to go through both on and off the field. And to see his growth has been, been really something fun to watch. Uh, not always fun to be a part of, but uh, fun to watch. And, and Matt's, an, you know, just a fine young man, and, and we're excited about him. You talk about putting putting guys on the field, putting them in the right position, things like that. The defense has just continued to be so impressive along the way. Even uh, in the Louisville game, I thought the defense was really impressive. Uh, talking with Eli Harrison at the press conference after the game, you know, I asked him about instincts versus the coaches putting you in the position to succeed. And he immediately went to, hey, they put us in the right position. And then, of course, she complimented his teammates for pressuring the quarterback. And and he ends up getting the pick six on the play. But we've seen nine interceptions so far on the season, which you had nine last year in, in the nine-game schedule. Three of those for pick sixes. Um, you know, what does that say about the staff and the players for the amount of turnovers they're forcing, the pressures they're getting on the quarterback? And I've seen like Udom has been in the backfield, it seems like, constantly, even though he doesn't have the, the numbers as far as sacks and stuff like that. It just seems like he's constantly back there. These linebackers are everywhere. Well, I think I think it starts with our staff and, and Jake Johnson – uh, you know, Jeremy Hawkins, uh, Mike Dietzel, Derek Day, and Chris Franklin. Uh, those guys, along with our quality control uh, coaches, uh, you know, Andre Evans, David Cunningham, Brenton Irvin, you know, th- those guys ha- ha- are all have a hand in, in how we game plan and how we do things. And I, I really give it credit to Jake for organizing the whole thing. But, you know, he's got a lot of help in that room, and, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. And, you know, the, the important thing is how it's being taught and how it's being retained. And those are the two things that are impressive to me. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to we're going to have a you know, we're potentially going to have a bad game. I hope not. But, you know, those things come and that's why it's a team sport. But they have you know, our defense is playing, you know, first and foremost, hard. They're playing hard and physical. And, and if you get a defense playing hard, I think you got a chance to have a good defense. And now we're playing physical. What we've got to continue to do is learn to play with our eyes better. And, you know, we've got to, we've got to play our vision coverage. We've got to play all in, in, and just see what we're doing a lot better than what we are. And, and we're studying a little more than what we have in the past. And I think that's really showing up with how our guys are eager to learn because they're making plays. So now they want to make more plays, you know, because it helps the team, but it also brings value to them. And I think it all comes back to we want them to create value for themselves as long as it's within the team concept. And, you know, those guys over there, have, you know, those players over there have done a really good job. All the kids we brought in that were new, you know, your your Kyle Bailey's, your John Blunt, your Roland Walters, your Kelton Dawson's, your T.K. McClendon, you know, you know, those guys, Udon. You know, those guys have done a great – but they came in and mixed right in with all the guys we had, Elijah Harrison, you know, uh, Jaden Boss. You know, Shane Burks and Q, Q Floyd have been tremendous all year and, and just played lights out. Ryan Jackson, I mean, I can go on and on, and JoJo Sales and Jaden Woods and Nick Cheely, and I'm just really proud of those guys. But that's not I, – I don't want to focus just on that. And, and Our offense has been good too, and our special teams have been. And, you know, it's a, it's a maturation process for them, kind of much like it was last year on defense uh, for our offense right now because we lost a lot of weapons. But I, I'm really proud of how they're practicing and how they're, they're gelling together as one and they're starting to play for each other and, and get excited when one makes a play and when one does this and being happy for each other. I think that's, that's huge in, in college football. 
Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You've preached confidence in your quarterback, Parker McKinney, uh, from the get-go. Um, the players that I've talked to, full confidence in him as well. And, uh, you know, he had a, we talked to him after the game this Saturday, and he was really excited about the opportunity to go out and catch a pass. At halftime, he led the team in passing, receiving, and rushing yards. Um, he said he's never done that before. But no. uh, um, talk a little bit more about Parker, because you bring in a transfer from Auburn, and – uh, Cord Sandberg, and he seems like he's really bought into the team. Uh, we talked to Drew Hart a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned that he's all about the team. Um, but from the outside looking in, you would say, boy, that's a lot of pressure on Parker having an Auburn guy come in. Uh, but you've been fully confident in Parker this whole time, and he's he's proving you correct. Well, I mean, when I took the job, I you know, and I learned this from, uh, you know, Willie Taggart used to say this all the time, and it, and it makes perfect sense to me when he said it is, you know, we recruit guys to come in and take our current players jobs and it's our current players jobs job to keep their job and you know football is a competitive sport I mean you know competition is what what this is all about so if you don't want competition then you might not be that you might not belong here you know and I'm not saying that you know oh look at us blah blah blah. I don't mean it like that but if, if you're not willing to compete and you're not willing to work through the the ups and downs sometimes that come as a college football player, um, then this may not be the place for you because we're, we're going to recruit at a high level. We're going to continue to go out and challenge all our players, not just the D linemen and the O linemen or the corners. I mean, quarterbacks, the most important position on the team. So we're going to go challenge that guy every, every year, you know, we'll bring somebody in to try to make him, you know, earn his job. And, and, you know, his job is to keep it. And Parker did just that. I mean, Parker is a competitor. Uh, you may not see it in his emotions and stuff. And that's the part that, you know, I've had to learn to not let drive me crazy because you know, I want Brett Favre out there. Well, you know, uh, as long as I get Brett Favre results, I'm fine is what I've learned. And, and what I mean by that, somebody fiery and, mm-hmm. you know, motivational and, and all those things, Parker's just calm and collected. And, but, you know, what I've noticed is he is doing the leadership things in, in his way, which is what I had to come to realization with probably about, you know, training camp first first week of practice of game week is that he's going to lead his own way. And these guys are listening to him. So uh, I, I feel good about where Parker's at. Uh, I'm, we're really fortunate to have him on this football team. Um, he's a tough just good football player and he's a good person. And, you know, like you said, Cord's come in and, you know, Cord came here to win the job and, and it didn't work out that way. And so we found ways to get him on the field and we're going to continue. He got dinged up against uh, Austin P I guess it was. And so we had to hold him back a little bit last week because we want to make sure he was our backup quarterback in case anything happened. And so, uh, so, you know, we'll continue to work to get him involved in our offense because, you know, Cord's a, you know, he's a former center fielder draft pick. I mean, he's an athlete, so we've got to find a way to that he can help our football team because he does positively affect our team. And and we've got plenty of other quarterbacks in that room, and we're going to continue to do that at every position. So 
I'm just excited about how Parker has grown. I think Trent Stillman's done a really good job and, and Andy, you know, Richmond with, with how they, they tailor the offense to what fits him. And you don't you don't get pigeonholed and like you got to throw it. You can only throw it or you can only hand it off. You can run it. You can run trick plays with him. Um, you know, Parker's probably one of the few guys on our team, you know, nowadays that that play backyard football. And so going out and catching a pass ain't a big deal. He's done it since he was a peewee, you know. And, you know, it, it's funny to say that because a lot of kids don't grow up playing backyard football anymore. They play it on that box. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, when I grew up, and, you know, maybe when you did, probably not, but uh, that box wasn't around. So mom kicked your butt out in the backyard and you got a ball and you either went and hit it, shot it or threw it. And, you know, where I'm from, we threw it all the time. And backyard football was, you know, Monday through Sunday. And uh, and so Parker's that kind of guy. Yeah, he was so excited about, you know, he talked about you guys called that play earlier in the game and then he had a penalty, so you didn't get to run it. So you switched the play. And he said, I was really bummed about that, but then it came back later. We were able to do it, so he was pretty excited. Now, you did mention uh, in your press conference uh, earlier I was watching, and uh, you mentioned you wouldn't call him a track star. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I'm not going to call him uh, Usain Bolt or anything like that. He's not Michael Vick. He's not anybody like that. But I will say this, he's deceptively fast. You know, what's funny is I was in uh, uh, working down at Western Kentucky when Trent came out, Trent Stillman. And uh, he kind of reminds me of Trent being able to throw the ball well, but also have enough athleticism to be able to run the ball. Now, I don't know if he's as fast as Trent, uh, but he's bigger than Trent. And, uh, of course, Trent won't – not now. Maybe Trent's all yoked up and, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. But, uh, but that's kind of – you know, I just sitting here thinking about it. That's kind of who he reminded me of, you know, as, as we've gone forward here. Two more things for you, Coach. We sure appreciate your time. Oh, uh, special teams has had its highs and its lows this year. Patrick has been pretty solid. He had a great game this last week. Um, and overall, he's had a really good season, of course, as well. And then I guess probably more of the lows have come on your coverage teams and things like that. So you're working on improving those things. How crucial is it for that to get better and, and quickly? Well, it, it, special teams is almost like being an offensive lineman. You don't want your name called. Mm. Okay? You don't want, you know, if it's a good day if nothing bad happened, right? You didn't give up a sack. You didn't give up pressure. You didn't have a holding or an offsides, right? Mm -hmm. That's where we've got to get with our special teams. We're not there. And it's it's been a, you know, it's, it starts with me and bleeds through our, our coaches to our players. And, you know, we've emphasized different things. We've tried – and it's not been the same thing every time. It's something different every time. And it's an overall FBI with our players. It's an overall attention to detail sometimes. And uh, and we've got to continue to understand that little – special teams, when you make a little mistake, it can be a catastrophic mistake. You know, when you, when you um, drop a snap and you jump on it, you know, in a shotgun snap and you drop on it, well, you get the ball right there and the punt team comes on. But when you do that in the punt team, eh, they get the ball. Yeah. Right there. So, you know, the, or the, the, I guess the ramifications that come with those problems are magnified because of field position. And we have to continue to work. I mean, we are, you know, Kevin McKeith and his, done a really good job with our special teams. And I know people are going to be like, well, yeah, yeah. but 
it's those instances we have to continue to rep. I mean, we take them over and make sure they catch in the sunlight in the stadium and not on the personnel field. We we make sure that they you know, monitor the wind in the stadium when they're kicking and different things to try to get them all the different scenarios that were going to come up uh, in the game. You know, offsides and holdings and stuff like that, we have to be better at. You know, Saturday it was just – it was just a simple fact we set the shield a yard too deep and he kicked it into his butt. And, and you know, that's, you know, hadn't done it all year. Why did we do it that one time? I can't answer that. Um, I can sit here and tell you, you know, we talked about it. We corrected it. We stressed the importance of it. Um, it didn't cost – I mean, it cost us Saturday, but it didn't cost us Saturday. But we can't continue to allow that. That's coaching – that's attention to detail as a player, and we have to get better at that. Last thing for you, Coach, what are you expecting out of Abilene Christian this week? Well, you know, they're a really, really good football team. And, you know, everybody keeps saying, well, you always say that. Well, yeah, I'm probably never going to come out and say, they, you know, they're not a very good football team. But, uh, but they are. As I look at them, they got a two-quarterback system um, that, you know, both kids are talented, can run, can throw it. They, they're, they're offense uh, of – what they do on offense can present problems, and especially with vision uh, on defense. And we have to be disciplined and have eye discipline on, in our defense, you know, to make sure that we're not buying all the eye candy stuff that they do. We've got to understand where we're at. We're really concentrating on that all week. Um, they've got good football players across the board on offense, defense, and special teams. And so, you know, when you look at their defense, they they, they have a probably – one of the better fronts we faced. And, and so it's a challenge for our offensive line. Um, they do a lot of twisting and different things and try to run twist on you to, to, to spill the ball to certain edges and different things like that. So, you know, they're, they're well coached. They're, they're building their program up. You know, they've had some success. I know they took a tough one against Central Arkansas last week. They were, they were off early, you know, off to a good start early against them and then kind of just got out of hand in the second half on them. But, Central Arkansas a top 10 team, really, without – I mean, they've had some losses. Obviously, Sam Houston and – and uh, I think it was Sam Houston. I'm trying to remember everything yeah. right on the top of my, my head. But, uh, you know, they played some good football teams, Arkansas State and 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 different ones. So, you know, it's it's going to be another 60-minute game in Roy Kidd Stadium. Um, as I told the kids when we left the field, guys, we're going to be in 60-minute games the rest of the way. And that's just how it's going to be. And, you know, our mentality is our mentality. And we're going to have to do that. But they're, they're a good football team. They're going to come in here looking to get another win, you know, uh, or a win in, in the – I think they already got one in the A-Sun, but uh, mm-hmm. whack challenge, but another one to keep pushing themselves forward in this thing. Um, and I expect to get nothing but the best from them. And, you know, I think our team will be ready for that. I think we've got good players too. I think we're we're – starting to understand our identity of who we are and what we are. And, and we've got to hit our stride on offense and do a little better over there, especially with scoring. Uh, I thought we had some good balance this week, but uh, it should be an exciting game. We need the crowd to come out and be loud and proud. And What a great job our fans and the local community has done and our students have done this year. And we need them for one more week. We're going to give them a break for about uh, two to two weeks, and then we'll, yeah. we'll need them back again when Lamar comes in here. So, you know, it, it's uh, – it, it's been a fun year so far, but uh, we got a big challenge on our hand this set. All right. Well, Coach, we sure appreciate you taking some time tonight to talk with us. And uh, I know it, 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 you know, 
and like I said, you're you're willing, and I really appreciate that. It means the world. Uh, love covering the team. The team's been entertaining uh, and improving, like we said earlier. And looking forward to seeing what uh, what goes on this Saturday against Abilene Christian. Kickoff at six o'clock uh, there at Roy Kids Stadium. And of course, always encourage everyone to come out and be a part of it. All and, right. And the big thing is, it just you know, you can help spread the word. You know, youth football, youth youth are my understanding are admitted free. This this, okay. this weekend. Now you better check with Raymond over in the ticket office. I'll sure. probably screw something up a little bit there. <laughs> but I know you football teams are encouraged to come. Bring your whole team. Um, we, you know we want we want to build football in our state. We want to build football in our community. I, I've done a promo for them back in the summer, and youth football is awesome. So we'd love to have any youth. But my understanding, anybody under eighth grade. Can get in free this weekend. I'm not for sure about that. So, but check it out and see if I'm if I'm lying. I'm sorry if I'm not, if I'm not. Then boom, I'm right on. on point with it. So. Yeah, just show up to the game and said, Coach said I could come for free. Yeah, uh, it'll yeah, be good. I don't care. Just come, but when you come, just be loud. Go sit on their sidelines and make them feel it. All right, awesome, Coach Wells. Thanks so much for being with us. And I'll say it again. Thank you, Coach Wells. Uh, it is so nice to be able to work with a coach that is um, open and willing to have conversations with the people who are working to cover the team. And uh, so we greatly appreciate Coach Wells and his time. There are few universities that, uh, that, that are willing to work with people like that. I've had the great experiences with Indiana University and uh, Coach Allen there in Indiana. But... Uh, you know, there are some other in-state colleges here that uh, eh, they're just not quite as friendly as EKU. So thank you to uh, Rickson Lane and Coach Wells and all involved with making uh, the covering the team just a phenomenal experience. Thank you, Coach Wells, for the interview. As we mentioned, Abilene Christian is the next game on the board. And, uh, you know, Coach mentioned the fact that there are two quarterback system. They got one that... Uh, has the most pass attempts by far. He's at 118 pass attempts compared to 19 pass attempts. But the passing quarterback is Stone Earl. What a great name, by the way, for a quarterback. Uh, but Stone, he's uh, passing with a 68.6% completion percentage. Um, he's got 13 touchdowns and three interceptions. So um, he's been pretty effective from there. Now, uh, the other quarterback is more of the Russian quarterback. That's Peyton Manzel or Mansell. I'm not sure how you say that. I apologize. Uh, but he's rushed the ball 17 times for 223 yards, one touchdown. He's also thrown the ball for 129 yards and one interception as well. But he tends to lean heavily towards the run versus Earl, who leans heavily towards the pass. Now, Earl's also ran for 97 yards, by the way. So it's not like he just, just throws the football. But all the way, uh, he is there anyways. Their leading running back with 302 yards is Tyrese White. He is a senior, two touchdowns rushing the football. Uh, they've got another running back with 180 yards and three touchdowns. That's Anthony Smith. He's a sophomore out of Fort Worth there as well. Their leading receiver, and they're really heavy towards this one, uh, one kid, Kobe Clark. And uh, Kobe has 332 yards on 28 catches, five touchdowns. The next receiver 
as far as catches goes, is 12 catches. So that's uh, that's 14 less catches, 16 less catches, 16 less catches uh, there. He's got 191 yards and two touchdowns. So they, they, as much as there is a lot of versatility to this team, there's still you kind of stop certain guys, one or two guys on this team, and you're going to be in a good situation. Uh, from there this season has been an interesting one for Abilene Christian they opened up with SMU they got blown out by SMU then they played uh, 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 just a, a cupcake game 116 to 62 to 7 excuse me they played Texas Pine uh, Pine Bluff 34-9 and then uh, then they blew out Lamar that was their big win in the WAC A-Sun A-Sun WAC uh, they they blew him out 56 to nothing before getting beat by Central Arkansas last week, 42-21. to 21. So they're a team that um, has some ability, that uh, you know looks good at times, but they're also a team that is definitely beatable. And again, I expect EKU to be the favorites coming into this game as uh, they face Abilene Christian at home. And uh, Abilene Christian is 3-2, and two, of course, EKU also 3-2 and two on the season. Abilene Christian's put up 182 points, and they've allowed 114. EKU has put up 110 and allowed 111. Uh, so uh, the offense has to get going. You heard Coach talk about that uh, here as well, the need for the offense to, to really just find its rhythm. And although they played better this past week, they're going to have to put points on the board as well, Dejun Hewitt. Um, I expect to see a little bit more out of McGlure. It seems like every time he comes in, he kind of provides a little bit of a spark, but he doesn't get a ton of opportunities. And, you know, I was watching it more this past week as well, because two weeks ago I kind of thought he should be getting more touches. But this week, you know, Hewitt definitely is is the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to running the football. But McGlore has, has some positive pop to him, and he does add something when he gets the opportunities to come in and spill Hewitt for a little bit as well. I think this is another EKU win at home. Uh, coming off another uh, win, an important win as well. Uh, I'm going to lean, though, to Eastern Kentucky on this one. I think we're going to put up a few more points. And we're going to call this one 27-17 to 17 EKU win. That's our prediction this week. And our pest of the week brought to you by IPM Pest and Termite is Abilene Christian. Make sure you go visit myipm.com. IPM Pest and Termite is Central Kentucky's neighborhood pest professionals. When we come back, we're going to discuss the big weekend in Lexington and all that went down with Kentucky versus Florida and what is ahead for Kentucky as they face LSU. But first, a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. With over 20 years of experience, Matt Schaefer and the good folks at locally owned IPM Pest and Termite provides pest control service for all of Central Kentucky's pest control needs. Whether you have a current pest control problem or want to prevent infestation from ever entering your home, IPM Pest and Termite offers maintenance programs that will help keep pests out of your home and provide peace of mind. So for dependable, reliable services that you can count on, get in touch with our good friend Matt Schaefer at IPM Pest and Termite today at myipm.com. That's myipm.com. 
Built for the man on the go, the Compass by Law Terrain is primed to take on life's moments, from casually keeping time around the boardroom table to backing you up in tough terrain. Style and function go hand-in-hand with this wristwatch that offers dependability under any circumstance. The sporty nature of a chronograph pairs well with a variety of leather and nylon straps and bands to complete any look. Reliable, versatile, great-looking, and easy to wear every day. All Law Terrain watches are backed with an international 24-month warranty to protect against any manufacturer issues. We stand behind our products because we know they are built to high expectations. Visit law-terrain.com and use code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off. Welcome back to the Sports Stove Local Hour presented by IPM Pest and Termite Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Pest Professionals. Now we take our our attention to Lexington, Kentucky, and Big Blue Nation, number sixteen ranked five and zero Kentucky Wildcats. Who to thunk it? Uh, they're coming off a huge, huge win over Florida, a game that was uh, you know being referred to as the loudest game ever in Lexington, and a lot of great things. We said before the week happened that if Kentucky was going to win this game, it had to come off of special teams play, uh, you know, a big a big block or something and, and turnover, something that's not normal, and then a great effort by the defense. And both of those things happened. The field goal returned for a touchdown. The defense came up huge, holding Florida the 13 points. Kentucky wins 20-13. to 13. Will Levis. Not much of a factor in this one. 87 yards on 7 of 17 throwing. A one touchdown, one interception. Rodriguez held under 100 yards. Well, 99 yards. On 19 touches, he was still efficient at the very least. And a touchdown. Wondell Robinson, four catches. The only receiver to have uh, multiple catches, by the way. 65 yards and a touchdown as well. But really, it was all about the defense in this game. No sacks recorded. They did get the interception by J.J. Weaver, and uh, they they got pressure on the quarterback at the very least. They had six tackles for loss, led uh, by Pascal. He was a just absolute beast in this game, and uh, two and a half tackles for loss, four uh, solo tackles, seven total tackles in this game. So a big upset by Kentucky over number 10 at the time, Florida, and uh, congratulations to Big Blue Nation, to Kentucky fans everywhere. And it uh, doesn't get a whole lot easier moving forward, right? you got LSU, who's been up and down. Kentucky's a three-point favorite in that game. Then you follow that with the Georgia game. And then you get to the interesting, I think, two games of the season, Mississippi State and Tennessee, before you kind of have an easy stretch to end out the season. So an important couple weeks here. Uh, beating Florida, you can lose to LSU and Georgia and still have a successful season. But obviously, the sites now are set on on making a legit run here at the SEC title, and uh, they're going to have to start against uh, against this LSU team. Who, you know, coming into the season, I didn't expect much out of them, but they've really been able to do to do some things this season that have surprised me, and I think they've they've done pretty well. They lost to Auburn, twenty four nineteen. They beat Mississippi State, Central Michigan. Uh, and McNeese, they of course lost game one of the season to UCLA, which was a little bit of a surprise, but UCLA has proven themselves to be 
pretty good as well. Their starting quarterback's Max Johnson. He was going to be the third-string quarterback before one transfer and one injury. But he's already got 1,400 yards passing on 62% completion percentage, 16 touchdowns and four interceptions. Running the ball, they got two running backs that have over 100 yards on the season. They've not been super uh, great when it comes to running the football. And uh, then they're, of course, led by the receiver, Kayshawn Boutte. Uh, he has 30 catches, 436 yards, and nine touchdowns on the season. This defense is an intriguing defense. Uh, Got to wonder exactly what all is going to happen with this team. They got 18 sacks on the year, three interceptions uh, on the year as well. And they've got three fumble recoveries, so six turnovers to go with their 18 sacks. It's a legit defense. And the offense is the kind of the question mark. And we're talking about playing against Kentucky. Kentucky's defense, is, it's kind of the same thing, right? Will Levis, is, we're still trying to, to know, is he the answer or is he just at least not the problem? And I don't think he's the problem for sure. I'm not sure yet that he's the answer because he's the turnovers have been an issue and then he, the disappearing act against Florida as well. Uh, but uh, listen. We got to celebrate Kentucky. We can't dog them because they did win. And a congratulations. I have said I'm a little disappointed still with Big Blue Nation. The um, they keep complaining about, hey, we need to be treated with respect. We're five and zero. All these kinds of things. Yet they still celebrate things that teams that are supposed to be contending for an SEC title shouldn't be, you know, celebrating. Uh, for instance, selling out a game. If you're one of the best teams in the SEC, you shouldn't have to celebrate selling out a game. Uh, it should be something that is expected and something that, that is done. And uh, so as long as no one cheers when they get to six wins because they're bowl eligible, we'll be doing a lot better. Uh, you you have to say, if you're going to uh, demand expectations, you have to act like those expectations as well. Uh, so act like you belong there is all I'm, that's all I'm asking. Um, you know, you got to be a little educated as a fan. And when you had a program that's kind of been down for a long time, sometimes you forget, hey, if we expect other people to treat us like we belong here, we have to act like we belong here as well. And a great season, a great season so far for Kentucky. And of course, the huge win over Florida. Now at home against LSU before the big road trip to Georgia, uh, this game is, 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 should be a pretty close one. Um, I'm predicting that Kentucky is going to win this one. And I didn't, before the season, I, 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 you know, tallied this one up as a loss. But I think of how they're playing right now and versus how LSU is playing right now, uh, I look at these two teams and I see, okay, you know, if Kentucky can put the points on the board, the defense should be able to hold uh, here. So what I'm going to say is Kentucky wins this one 24-17 over LSU. That's my prediction this week. LSU is a good team, so I wouldn't be surprised if Kentucky can't pull it off. But the way they're playing – um, the hype coming in, you know, we talked about it when we were talking about EKU. They came off of a big win against Austin P, and they turned it into another win. Now Kentucky has to get their minds wrapped around LSU. They have to get, let go of the Florida game, the players. have to let go of the Florida game now and put all their energy and focus into the Tigers coming in from Louisiana. Uh, so that is our expectation for this week. Congratulations, Kentucky. And Kentucky fans, make sure you celebrate wisely along the way. A big thank you to everyone who has listened to this podcast. Make sure you share 
review, rate, subscribe, all those good things. But tell other people. That's what we that's what we want the most is just to tell other people about the program. Let them know. Uh, it's been great meeting some of the EKU fans at games on Saturdays, and I look forward to meeting more of you here in the coming days as well. Thank you to Coach Wells for coming on and spending time with us today. We'll continue to have players and or coaches on with us uh, each week. And uh, pre- again, appreciate the university for their help with that as well. Don't forget about our sponsors, IPM Pest and Termites, Central Kentucky's Neighborhood Press Professionals. Make sure you visit and find more information about them at myipm.com. And if you end up giving them a call, make sure you let them know you heard about them from us, the Sports Stove Local Hour. Also, don't forget about Law Terrain Watches and Accessories, law-terrain.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE. You're going to get 10% off your purchase there as well. All right, big game coming up Saturday, 6 o'clock kickoff at Roy Kids Stadium as Abilene Christian comes to town, and then another game at Kroger Field as Kentucky and LSU uh, take off there as well. That one is a 7.30 kickoff uh, there at Kroger Field as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Sports Stove Local Hour. Make sure you uh, listen to other episodes of the Sports Stove Podcast where we cover all other major sporting events going on football, basketball, baseball, and sometimes hockey, uh, but mostly those sports. Anyways, make sure you listen to the other episodes. We've got lots of great interviews there as well, and you can find that anywhere you get the Sports Stove podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. And uh, until next time, we'll see you around the sports.